Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to this year's first installment of Strike Out the Stigma, uh, presented by our sponsor, Cate Law Offices, and we're beyond excited to have all of you with us. Uh, this is our 16th meeting, uh, hopefully in the future, not too far distant from now, we'll be able to uh, have these uh, installments at the ballpark and do a ball game along with it. But until uh, that uh, is possible, we'll continue to meet on Zoom. So the Phillies, in conjunction with uh, Mighty Your Mind, present a community outreach initiative focused on bringing important conversations to the forefront about the value of healthy life habits, supporting those around us, and removing the negative connotations surrounding mental health. Our topic for conversation this month is centered around Black History Month. Specifically, we're examining the importance of cultural and self-identity. As always, we encourage a, a self-space during the Strike Out the Stigma events and encourage all of you to turn your cameras on and engage with us and engage with our panel who you'll meet in a moment for this interactive conversation. We thank all of you who have submitted questions in advance and we will of course get to those. However, if you want to ask a question uh, during the program, you're more than welcome. We really encourage it, as I said. There's two ways you can do it. You can type in the chat that you are here and would like to have a live question and you can unmute yourself and, and go ahead and do that. Or you can direct message your question in the chat to TJ Farrell, who is joining us here and uh, is, is really the, uh, the guy behind all of this that's uh, making sure we all stay on track. So uh, he'll, he'll make sure that one of the panelists knows uh, the question you want to ask and we'll make sure that question gets answered. Uh, important here, we'll be recording this and distributing tonight's panel for families to view across the tri-state area as well as on phillies.com. And just, just one more uh, note, uh, because we are in a uh, work stoppage, uh, the National Labor Relations Board has definite rules about what uh, people who work for major league teams and, and the players for that matter uh, can say uh, at this point. So uh, I hope you'll understand that and uh, know that we will not be able to talk about uh, specific players or really the direction of the team. And that's really not where conversation is going tonight anyway, but I just wanted to get that on the record since we are recording. Uh, we're lucky to have an incredible panel uh, to speak with us tonight, so let's meet them. New for 2022, we'll have a member of our Phillies front office joining us. Uh, he's going to co-host with me, and I'm so thankful for him pitching in on that. And his name is Kenny Johnson, and Kenny is the manager of community engagement, Philadelphia Phillies. Kenny, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, let uh, those who have joined us uh, please uh, fill us in a little bit on your role with, with our ball club. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Thanks so much for the introduction and definitely my pleasure and honor to co-host this event today. Uh, we've got an incredible panel lined up, so I'm really excited to, uh, to get this thing kicked off. Um, but uh, Scott mentioned, uh, my name is Kenny Johnson. I'm the manager of community engagement for the Phillies. Uh, a lot of that is just trying to find different ways to get the Phillies out and about in the community. Uh, try to maintain and, and uh, create new connections with, with all the different great and all the different diverse communities all around and throughout and around the city. Um, find different ways that we can help support, uh, find ways that we can help uh, encourage and grow diversity, equity and inclusion, um, especially within the Phillies and, and with a lot of the work that we do. Uh, and basically just try to find ways to put new butts in seats, uh, get folks to come out to games, 
uh, enjoy uh, the Phillies together and, and cheer us on to another World Series. Uh, so definitely excited to, uh, to be here today and, and excited to be a part of this. An important part of our Phillies front office, as is our next panelist, Brittany Shields. Uh, Brittany, you're a communications representative, and uh, we are so thankful for you to be here as well. Let's fill everybody in on your role with our ball club. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany Shields. I work in communications, and um, that has a lot of different things under that title. But one of the main things I work on currently um, is like the grant program. Um, we work on auctions in the ballpark and just different things, pretty much raising funds for Phillies charities. So. Very good. And so important. Uh, as, our, as our dear friend in heaven, uh, David Montgomery, has said often, our first name is Philadelphia. Our second name is Phillies. And Brittany, you and your team do a great job uh, keeping that in our forefront. Also, I'd like to welcome uh, another couple of panelists who have been with us in the past. And we're so thankful that they're uh, sharing their expertise and their life experiences with all of us tonight. For minding your mind, Jordan Burnham. Jordan, uh, it's, it's really good to see you again. And you have a a story unlike uh, almost everyone. Would you please just give it give it to us a little bit, and uh, the important part of of why that you joined Minding Your Mind and and what you're most interested in doing? Yeah. So thanks, Scott. It's an honor to be on this panel today or tonight, I should say, and um, sharing not just my story but also talking about something that means a lot to me um, in this conversation. So as far as Minding Your Mind goes, um, so at Minding Your Mind. We go into middle schools, high schools, colleges, and we have different presenters, young adults go into schools and they share their stories. So I've been fortunate enough to be a speaker for Minding Your Mind for uh, 13 years now. Remember uh, 2008, October 2008 was my very first presentation. Um, so when I was in high school, uh, I was diagnosed with depression at 16. I did not cope with it in a way that I should have, uh, mainly because we didn't talk about it. We weren't educated mm -hmm. on it. And then my senior year of high school, I attempted suicide by going out of my nine-story bedroom window. Um, and from that day up until now, I just wanted to use my voice and hopes to make a difference. And also by being able to share my story, I hope that it could raise awareness and also lessen the stigma about mental health and suicide, specifically within the Black community as well. Thank you, Jordan. And uh, finally, uh, again, very pleased to be welcomed by Dr. George James a licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. James, and also a very successful podcast. Uh, what, uh, what do you think uh, is the most important thing that we all need to recognize during this month of February? You know, once again, uh, thanks for having me, Scott. Thanks for having me here and uh, awesome panelists and folks that I know. You know, when I think about <clears throat> this month in particular, uh, where we celebrate Black History Month, it is important that we highlight just how amazing, creative, talented, smart uh, Black people have been uh, throughout history. Uh, but you know, my big focus is also is that that it should go beyond this month, um, and that we should think about just amazing things that people have done, but definitely Black folks have done. And why is that important from a mental health perspective? I had the fortunate uh, opportunity, um, I love sports just like I love the Phillies, uh, to go to the 2016 Olympics. And while I was there in Rio, had opportunity to just uh, go to this uh, exhibit at a museum. And the exhibit was, what if some of our iconic people that we see and know from TV, what if they were black? From like 
Home Alone? <laughs> what if he was a black young boy from the Beatles? What if that was a group of black men and that, that album cover where they're walking across the street? You know, just these things, what would that do? There is something about representation is the reason why I'm bringing that up. And so when mm -hmm. we highlight the achievements of- Yeah, folks, I think we, we broke. When we, when we highlight the achievement of black folks, we talk about how great these things are and it impacts the mental state for people to know that can be me. I can do great things too. George, we seem to be self-centered, I think, maybe more so during this time in our culture than ever before. Why is it important to learn about other cultures and, and uh, be aware of some of the things that not just our culture has, has provided, but what we've received from other cultures as well, especially from a mental health standpoint? Yeah, there's just there's just so much, you know. Once again, another sprint, uh, a sports slogan. There's strength in number, numbers, right? Like, so there's a way that we can learn and grow from other people, and that you know, if I have a diverse group of friends and background, there's something that I learn from them, and they make me better. And also, they learn from me. And and there's a way that you learn how to not only take care of your mental health, but you also learn uh, great things that you can do and ways that you can achieve. I'm here because I have friends of different cultural and ethnic backgrounds that have allowed me to be here and to show up. And I know that I can contribute as a person of color, as a black man. And so there's a way that being able to connect with people from different backgrounds only makes us better, only enriches who we are and how we think about ourselves and how we handle life's ch challenges. Absolutely. Brittany, our, our next question is for you. And uh, it comes from one of the folks who is with us tonight. And, and their question is, how can we teach parents uh, the importance of uh, letting kids of all ages uh, know about the cultural identity uh, that they have and what others have as well? I think one of the best ways to do that is not letting tradition stop with you. Um, you learn a lot about yourself by traditions your family has. So by letting those stop with you, you're not passing that on to the next generation. They're not building their self-identity because they don't have that background to build from. So I think the best way to do it is more so teaching them about where they come from, um, music that your family may have listened to, traditional meals you may have eaten, um, different things like that. Like my family, we, my mother's side is from Haiti and Dominican Republic. So we grew up listening to the music, eating the foods and things like that. And those are now things I do with my son. So he's learning about his background through me, which I learned from my parents. Mm -hmm. So I would say that's a good way to do it. Um, there's also many different festivals and things that go on throughout the city that we like to go to and just learn about. They, they just have so much going on in Philadelphia. I would say that's the best thing to do is just like look up what's going on around you and immersing yourself in different cultures as well as your own. Because um, like Dr. George says, that, help you, that pretty much helps you build on who you are by learning things about your culture and learning about different cultures as well. So. Brittany, isn't it also important not to make it a chore? Make it fun. Exactly. I mean, like exactly. anything, it's gonna be fun today. Let's go learn. Exactly, and my son loves it. Like we go to all of the museums in the city and he just sees it as a field trip. And he's like, oh, what are we doing today? Like, what are we doing this weekend? Because he's so used to doing those things now. For sure. Kenny, let's turn it to you. I think you're muted there, Kenny. Uh, there you thank go. you, Scott. Uh, 
So yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Everything that Dr. George uh, said and everything that Brit Brittany just mentioned um, about a lot of the things that she has done with her parents and that she now uh, kind of passes on to to uh, to her son. These are all things that help to build up your own self-identity. Uh, and it's great how all that kind of leads to this next question. Uh, so this next question is for Jordan. Um, and then anyone else that, that may be able to contribute as well, definitely feel free to jump in. Um, but a lot of times with, with the work in, uh, in DEI, it's like they always say, all right, you can convince folks about DEI, but sometimes you need to build a business case for it. You know, what are some of the business impacts on why DEI is important? So this next question is kind of framed that same way. Um, as far as finding your own self-identity uh, from a mental perspective, you know, try to build a case. Um, if, if you can, try to, uh, try to let us know what some of the negative mental impacts there are in not being in touch with your own self-identity, not being in touch with your own culture. Um, Jordan, can you tell us what are some of those negative impacts and what are, what's the case that you can build on why it's important to get to know your own self-identity? This is, this is great. So I would say in order to talk about identity and cultural, I just feel like you have to define what it means to you. So to me, when I hear self-identity, I think about authentic, true self, who I am as a person, my values, what I believe in, what makes me laugh, what makes me smile. But culture to me is that sense of belonging. Like my community, there's a sense of belonging that is there. And so when someone doesn't have that or they feel like they lost touch of that, the real question is what changed? Um, why, what happened? A lot of times that can be being out of a normal environment that we're just used to. And I know a lot of times, especially as a black man, I talk about code switching and what it means to adapt to a new environment, sometimes just to survive, but then also coming, coming back to my identity and my cultural culture that I'm very proud of. And that is something that a lot of times when people struggle, they might feel though they lost that sense. But the biggest thing that comes from that is feeling like there isn't a sense of belonging, which can lead to isolation, which can lead to feeling as though someone is, that they're alone and invalidated in their experience if they don't hear anyone else's experience reflect what they've been through. So going through that can be incredibly difficult, especially to open up and to talk to someone about that if the other person, person isn't engaged in actually learning about why you feel that way, learning about who you are as a person, and not just from a surface level, but actually listening to what is going on. And from that, I think the mental effects can be sometimes shutting down and just not wanting to open up and discuss these things, which kind of leads to that next part of people wanting to listen because sometimes people don't. Sometimes people don't create space for that. They don't feel as though they can relate. So they don't open up and engage in conversation. But we as humans, our, our identities evolve due to our experiences, the, the way we perceive them, the people around us, they evolve. But if someone is closed-minded and doesn't listen to your experience and what you're going through, then we can't evolve as a society in not only accepting people for who they are, diversity, but more than importantly, inclusivity is a major part of that in opening up this conversation and giving people a sense of belonging and creating a space for that. Well, well said. Uh... Well said, Jordan. Thank you. Kenny, I want to turn the tables on you and uh, take you from being a co-host to a panelist at this point and ask you a question because um, we all know America 
uh, is a great melting pot. And some of us don't understand, I guess, or don't open our minds to the fact that it's one of the great things about our country is all the cultural diversity. There are also people uh, who identify themselves with more than just one group. Uh, they, they may be uh, Black and Asian. They may be Latino, LGBTQ, uh, et cetera. And when discovering one's own self-identity, why is it important not to limit yourself to just just one group? I mean, is it verboten to just check off one of those boxes or can you check off a couple of them? Or should you just do that mentally in your own self-awareness? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question and definitely one that, that hits close to home for me. Um, I'm pretty much the product of America being a melting pot. Uh, my dad is African-American, born and raised here in Philadelphia. Uh, my mom immigrated from the Philippines, Filipino-American. Uh, in the 70s. Um, so I'm the product of, of that melting together. Um, and I always like to say that being that product uh, throughout my childhood, um, you know, my dad's side of the family, I'd been to just as many barbecues as I have on my mom's side of the family with all the potlucks and everything that her, that her family had put together, uh, you know, all around, uh, you know, all her friends all throughout the city. Um, so I always found it kind of crazy that when I was encountered with, you know, an opportunity to kind of fill in my ethnicity or fill in my race or fill in whatever, that I had to only choose just one box, you know, whenever mm -hmm. I had to take the SATs or fill out a census form or, or fill out whatever, it only said to check one box. And, you know, whenever I saw Black, African-American, and then I saw Asian-American, I was always, I always felt like I was betraying one or the other if I picked one but didn't check off the other. Uh, so I always feel like it's, it's always good to not limit yourself just to the check boxes. Uh, if, if you're part of many different cultures or if you're two different cultures, it's good to explore both of those cultures and represent mm -hmm. both of those cultures as much as you can. Um, I, I just never think it's good to just limit yourself literally to just one. Yeah, and we're... We're always more than one thing, right? I mean, we're always more than one thing. And if, if we want other people to recognize that, we have to recognize that, I guess, ourselves, uh, as you said so eloquently. Well, we'd like to remind everybody uh, that if our panel uh, says something that uh, really inspires you or you say, I, I'd like to take that to the next level, uh, we encourage you to uh, join our discussion. You can do it by using the chat function or ask the question live for our panel. Uh, TJ there will get it to uh, Kenny. Kenny will ask it. So uh, again, we really want to be interactive. Uh, we're hoping that we have, uh, you know, touched on something that maybe uh, you'd like to expand on or again, taken in a different direction. And we're here for you. So if you have that feeling, please let us know. Uh, we have a question for Dr. George now with the rise in, in action around bringing about social justice and equality for the underserved and underrepresented groups, especially within the black community. Black History Month and other celebratory months now feel more important than ever to us. While this has led to many people discovering or rediscovering their own self-identity, there are still many others who are struggling to find theirs. What advice would you give to someone in that particular instance who is struggling? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of people that just because of maybe, um, privilege that they might have or experience they might have in life, they might not fully understand why these celebratory months are so important. You know, that to be able to see yourself, whatever identity or identities you hold, 
to see yourself on TV, to see yourself um, with a, someone who's a major leaguer, to see yourself in all these ways empowers you, gives you a sense of feeling like I can do that. And what Brittany and Kenny mentioned earlier, I resonate as well. You know, my family uh, is all father, grandparents, mother, all from Jamaica, and I was born in the States. And there was time when I was struggling with my cultural identity around, am I American? Am I Jamaican? And to be able to, to embrace, I'm both, right? I am American, I'm Jamaican, I'm Black, I'm African-American. I, I, I can embrace all of those things. But when we dig deeper, the mental part of this is that sometimes there's negative thoughts and stereotypes that we have about our own identity. And some of those things have been told to us, forced to us, and it gets to a place where if we can find a way to see the good in our identities, then we can feel good about ourselves. That's how I moved to holding on to my American, Jamaican, Black, African-American identities because I can see good in that. That means I can see good in myself, which means I can see good in my family and I can see good in my children. How important is music in our cultural identity? Anyone could take that if you would, please. Um, I would say it's very important. Um, I was actually at a Boys Men um, concert on Saturday and like just to see all different types of people at that concert, like it was kind of eye-opening, like literally all different ages, all different backgrounds, everyone was there to see Boys and Men. So it showed you that, you know, music really does bring people together. No question. Kenny, same with you. Yeah, so um, funny enough, like I'm a big fan of all kinds of music from rock to rap to R&B. I think the biggest revelation to me was uh, eventually learning that a lot of the R&B songs that I grew up with and, and that I loved and, and would hear all the time on the radio, a lot of them were country music songs originally that folks in the R&B world had, had covered. And you see the reverse happening with a lot of R&B songs being covered by country now. So mm -hmm. so much intersectionality that goes on with, with music because everyone experiences a lot of the same things. It's just that each you know, type of music or each culture might sing it a little differently or might use different instruments. But at the end of the day, we're all kind of experiencing a lot of the same things together with, without even knowing it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Jordan, I want you to take a last swing at this and, and let everybody know what we were talking about earlier, the, the meme that you saw from uh, Sunday's uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah, I would say, yeah, my favorite meme um, from the, the halftime show is uh, there's a picture of Snoop Dogg. And on the bottom, it says, anyone under 30, who's this? Anyone over 50, who's this? And then the middle was like, the rest of us which is kind of how I felt, uh, especially just watching the halftime show. But um, in, in terms of like music today and how I, I view it, I mean, this goes back to what Brittany said earlier of, you know, my grandfather was a jazz pianist. And so <laughs> when I was younger, that's what I listened to. I would listen to him. I would go watch him play. And so my most listened music during this past year, Spotify told me it's Oscar Peterson and Art Tatum who <laughs> jazz pianist and that's because my grandfather and so i feel like so much of music especially within black households are passed down through generations and it's something i definitely cherish as well dr george yeah i love this i just want to quickly share you know when i talk about my my background and if i was a wear a bob marley t-shirt 
there are so many people who would gravitate and just say they love Bob Marley from all different backgrounds. Now, they might like it for other reasons other than music, but uh, they also will say how much they love the music and love Bob Marley. And I think how uniting music can be and how it just blends cultures. Uh, I agree com completely. It, it, music should should not divide us. Music should unite us as, as many things that unfortunately we like get in the way because of our cultural identities. Uh, Kenny and Brittany, next question for both of you. One of our guests uh, wants to ask you about working in the sports industry as you both do working in the Phillies front office. Do you think that your experience with mental health differs because you work in an industry centered around winning and losing, constantly working until greatness is achieved and knowing that in baseball, if you fail seven times out of 10, you're going in the Hall of Fame. Brittany, you want to start? Sure. Um, I view it as the same as many other industries where all positions or careers have a goal that you have to meet or you're trying to meet. Um, so I know there's like the wins and losses because we are a sports team, but it's more so like I see them as goals and like it's very supportive here where if you do make a mistake that's looked at as a learning experience so there's not as much pressure I mean that might be a little bit different if I was actually on the field but since I'm not playing I wouldn't say that it affects me that much mm -hmm. Kenny yeah no just to uh to add what to to Brittany said um one of the all one of the things that I think has always been emphasized throughout my time with the Phillies is that you know wins and losses do matter but you can't control them at all, especially in the, in the work that we all do together in the front office. Um, but what you can control is the experience that someone has when they're there at the game, watching the team win or lose. And you can always guarantee that you're going to provide a world-class experience for them, uh, no matter what happens with the team. That's something that you can control no matter what. Uh, so yeah, wins and losses kind of do, do affect us a little. Um, you know, it the wins makes our jobs a little smoother. The losses kind of make things a little rougher, but that doesn't stop the work that we do. Um, we, we can always guarantee to folks that, that we're going to put in the extra percentage needed um, to, to make a good experience happen for, for everybody. And we all know when we're out in the public and, and folks know that uh, we're employed by the Philadelphia Phillies, if the club is going very well, the first question is, how about our Phillies? And, and if we're in a tough spell, all of a sudden, what's wrong with your team? <laughs> so it, it's so ironic. And it's just out there that we become orphans in a way, you know, if we're not, if we're not going well. Uh, but that's, you know, we, we all wouldn't trade that experience. Uh, Jordan, we know from your past experiences on the Strikeout, the Stigma series we have here, that you find little ways to improve your everyday life. Uh, all of our lives are jam-packed now in different ways now with COVID obviously, but uh, there's oftentimes when you're so thoroughly scheduled that you have to look for yourself and, and program some timing for yourself, don't you? And, and you are also uh, muted there. I was I was batting a great percentage in terms of not being muted for this entire <laughs> few years, and then and then tonight. Okay, so I'm keeping score. By the way, you and Kenny are now tied one one. <laughs> so, um, it, yeah. So speaking to that about prioritizing yourself um, throughout all of this, it is so important. And I, I think for me, uh, one of the things that I loved I don't get to do. Uh, as much anymore 
Um, so I loved going to the movie theater by myself. And so I usually catch an afternoon movie. And one of the reasons I loved it is because I got to go when I wanted to go. If I didn't want snacks, I didn't have to get it. I could mm -hmm. sit wherever I wanted. I could laugh when I wanted to laugh. I wasn't worried about the person to the left of me or the person right to me. It was my experience. And so for me, whenever I'm at home, I try and do as many of those things where it's not someone else's idea. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm just doing it for me. And so a big part of that is journaling. I love journaling because, and I don't write pages upon pages, but usually it's just a short paragraph of here's what happened today. And mm -hmm. if I'm struggling, I like to write down how I cope with it in the moment. So who did I talk to that day? What playlist did I listen to? What YouTube clip made me laugh? Because I love to have a reminder, not only of the things I've been through, but specifically how I got through them. And that is something that I find within me, my identity, writing out those experiences helps me a lot. So you can go back and then say, I'm not feeling the best today. What did I do the last time I wasn't feeling great? And you can actually go back and find that in your journal. And, and some of them are pretty funny now, not in the moment, not so much that day, but looking back and just seeing what is so silly now to me in terms of a video or in terms of a playlist, but was so helpful in that moment. But it mm -hmm. helps me also stay consistent with the things that have helped me along the way. And it's always great to have that reminder. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, everything. Uh, I think we have a, a question here uh, being uh, sent to us. Uh, uh, Kenny, can you see that come up in your screen? Yeah, so it's actually a, a really nice comment. We definitely appreciate it. It says, uh, it's from Tanika, it says that everything being said is really resonating with me and my life. And she put a really cool smiley face in there too. So that's awesome to hear. Well, that makes everybody in this panel feel good that maybe we're, we're, we are contributing a little bit. Brittany, let's move over to you here with the ever-changing world around us. Boy, everything does change. It changes so fast. We're filled with advancements in technology and social media. It seems like every other week we see somebody else blasting off into space or we see some other advancement in the tech world. What are some important ways that we can use these advancements and tools to strengthen our own culture and self-identity? A um, couple ways I use it personally, I would say is like I follow a lot of um, pages that deal with like my background, um, being like Haitian American as well as African American. Um, there's, my parents probably should have taught me how to speak Creole, but they didn't teach me how to speak it. So I currently follow this one page that has like a word of the day in Creole, which is like a mix of French and um, Haitian Creole. Mm. And pretty much those help me because I'm learning more about my culture that wasn't passed on to me, but um it's out there in the open like it brings you connected to so many different people who are experiencing the same thing as well so i like it for that reason um and there's also a ton of different apps like i follow or i have this app on my phone called black and mobile and pretty much what that is it's like a delivery app for like um black restaurants and it brings awareness to them as well as supporting the black dollar so like i really appreciate that app and that was something that was recently created um so there's like many different things like that where it helps you be more connected with your background. Kenny, you've got the next question. Yeah, so that was an awesome answer, Brittany. Uh, this next question is for Dr. George. So Dr. George, can you recall a time in which you came across someone who was struggling with their cultural or self-identity and you used your own experiences to help them in that situation? 
Yeah, what's been a really great uh, privilege in my career is that I've been able to work with people from so many different backgrounds, uh, so many different identities, different cultures. Uh, I remember working with a gentleman who, from Russia, and that was translated, someone, uh, Spanish-speaking family, and, and so, so many. But I think about working with sometimes first-generation college students and hearing them talk about their story of maybe being the first first one in their family, being in college, not knowing if they measure up with their classmates, um, wondering if it's something about them, about how much money they have or don't have or, or their own cultural identity, and then being able to share my experience of when I was a first-generation college student and what I went through and how I was able to figure out who I am and, and how that progressed from that moment and, and how I reached out for help and support and that sometimes you can feel like you have to do it all on your own. And, you know, kind of, you know, what's interesting is even, you know, for all those who have young children, the movie Encanto really kind of highlights that, right? Highlights like, what does it mean to be from, uh, from move from one place to the next and the different roles that family members might have to play and how things like that, culture and movies and examples can really help people to say, oh, I see myself in that movie or I see myself in your story. And that can empower somebody to make them believe that they can do it and that they can move forward. Excellent answer. Uh, Jordan, some of the questions that we've been getting uh, talk about uh, self-knowledge. How can knowing more about yourself uh, and your self-identity affect the decisions that you make? Yeah, I think that there is a sense of pride with uh, getting to have a better understanding of where you come from, uh, your community. As you know, I just talked about my, my grandfather being a jazz pianist. Uh, the amount of stories that he would share and just the certain things throughout history that Black people have been a part of that we don't necessarily learn about, um, because as we can all agree, Black history is American history. And therefore, the conversation of it shouldn't just be in February, but continued on. And so mm -hmm. a big part of that, of me being educated on where I come from, background, culture, to me, there's a great sense of pride that is there. And because of that, some of the decisions that I make today aren't just rooted in my own self-identity and what I believe in, but also because of the pride that you know I have from that and the things that I am able to speak on, the different topics that I like to speak on. All those things go into the decisions that I make. And I think for anyone going through that, not only if it comes to a point of finding your own self-identity, being in touch with that, if you can find a community that opens a safe space for you to embrace that identity, that's an even greater point that I hope people are able to get to. And a big part of that, again, comes back to being able to learn about yourself and the people around you who can support you in the way that you need them to. Dr. George, thank you for that, Jordan. You're, you're exactly right. We need to think about it as more than a month. We need to think about it as a lifetime. Uh, Dr. George, how important is it to expand our knowledge of other cultures to, to find someone you know, that we may share some similarities with or maybe even some differences and sit down and talk to them or, or go with them to one of their places where they like to go to relax and, and just increase our knowledge of other cultures? So once again, one of the things I really love about sports is that when you really have conversations you'll hear how people say like because I played the sport in the locker room I got to meet 
other people from different backgrounds, neighborhoods, cultures, and that made me a better person. Or you hear that about the military, right? This person became my brother, became my sister, became my family, but they look completely different from me because we had conversations. We had to live together. We had to eat together. We had to work or play together. And so when we do that, it does allow us to just be a better person, to be more compassionate, to be uh, have more empathy for people because we take a step outside of ourselves to learn more from other people. Mm -hmm. I hope everybody had a chance to to watch a terrific uh, movie, uh, uh, 42, the story of Jackie Robinson. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, just with his performance and anything he did was was amazing. But but to see how the different people in the Dodgers clubhouse related to Jackie, a lot of it was based on where they were from. A lot of it was based on ignorance. But every once in a while, you saw somebody like a Pee Wee Reese who kept his mind open and, and got to know him as a person and got, then got to know him as a friend. And I think Dr. George, you're right on, right on target with that about, about sports being able to do that. Uh, I applaud that answer. Uh, Kenny, we have time to uh, ask our panelists uh, one final question. Why don't you do the honors for us? All right. Uh, thanks so much, Scott. Um, so final question, uh, it was an incredible panel so far. Uh, this can double as a question or a call to action. Uh, so be ready for your answer. So how can we as a community spread awareness of mental health and help those who are struggling with their cultural and self-identities? Uh, let's start off with Jordan and then we'll move on to Brittany, then Dr. George. Yeah, no, this is a great question and, and call to action that I, you know, I love answering. Uh, I think that so much of this comes down to Dr. George kind of stole my, my uh, answer on this. Representation is <laughs> such a big part of this, <laughs> but representation really is in terms of someone being able to see themselves in terms of what the message is and, and the hope that they can take away from that. So I think also a large part of this comes down to hearing stories, comes down to education, and then legislation. And those three things, I think, is where we make the biggest improvement in terms of talking and having this conversation. And I think a large part of that education comes from within, about learning about you know, unconscious bias, about learning about the ways to be more inclusive in a workspace, uh, learning about the different cultures like we mentioned. But I think representation is, is such a big point of this because it's I think it's easier to see hope if that hope reflects your identity or culture. And that's what I think that we are able to do in terms of having this conversation, especially when different identities are being able to talk about this. Um, another good way I would say to be able to do something um, would be probably supporting like these nonprofits and organizations that deal with like mental health or cultures or different things like that. And like just reaching out, bringing a friend to volunteer at these different locations and just becoming more hands-on because you learn a lot from participating and doing. And then you can also pass that message on, especially like bringing groups down um, to these different organizations, bring your family members, your friends, and then you're just helping spread it through your community as well, making yourself more self-aware as well as aware of the different cultures and different things that are going on. Hey, Dr. George. 
Uh, you know, I love everything that everyone said. And don't, don't worry, Jordan. We can always we can say it multiple times because it needs to be <laughs> representation does matter. And you know, I, I just I, I think that there's so many people who are people of color, people of marginalized communities, that their mental health is, is a struggle because of how they're treated, because of injustice, because of being badged at the job because of all these things of just making them feel less than. So I think the more that we can just have compassion and empathy and, and validate people's stories that not just negate that, oh, you're making this up or you're not really going through that, but really believe people and say that they're experiencing some challenges. And that alone from my work I've seen when people feel heard and seen, that makes a big difference. So that's my encouragement listen to people, validate them, and believe them when they tell you their stories. So awesome. yeah, rep representation, support, and validation. Uh, definitely three pow powerful ways that, that we can help spread awareness and, and help those that are struggling. So RSP, representation, support, and what was the last one? I'm sorry, <laughs> validation. Validation, yeah, very good. Uh, I'd just like to uh, thank uh, all of our panelists who we knew were going to do an excellent job, and you guys went above above the bar. And, and also thank uh, the Cote Law Offices. We couldn't do this series without their help. Uh, and uh, and also a big thank you to everybody who joined in on us, uh, joined in with us uh, tonight to uh, to learn more about this subject during uh, Black History Month. Uh, and and I guess finally just to put a a little stamp of approval on on our own ball club. Uh, in that uh, we do recognize the importance of, of, of different cultures uh, because we, we have cultural nights. Uh, Kenny, you and Brittany are, are very uh, involved in those. And, um, you know, we, we try to bring awareness uh, as a ball club to different cultures. Uh, and and uh, you guys all do such a great job on that uh, as, as well as representing our club uh, in the community. So, Kenny, thank you for co-hosting this with me. Appreciate it. And uh, Brittany, it's great to uh, to see you and and uh, and have you uh, contribute as, as well as well as you have. It was not a surprise at all. And I didn't know about uh, your connections uh, to the DR. We just got back from our Phillies fan trip uh, to uh, Punicana. Uh, it is a, a beautiful, beautiful country with a lot of beautiful people. Jordan, every time you share your story, I get chill bumps. Uh, I really do. I'm so happy you're, you're with us and, and you're able to help all of us with uh, your words of experience and you deliver them as, as no one else. And, and uh, Dr. Dr. George, it has been a pleasure getting to know you. I look forward to the time we, we can all meet at the ballpark. I know you're a big Phillies fan and we can't wait to see uh, you and, and Jordan uh, come out to, to the yard and, and watch the Phillies. Hopefully, we'll just say this because I think we're able to say this. Hopefully that will come sooner them later. TJ, thank you for everything you've done putting this program together. Uh, we couldn't do it without, without your help. You were at the forefront of this discussion before a lot of people recognized it. And, and finally, Kathy Killian for putting her stamp of approval on it. So thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next month uh, with a topic to be determined by TJ and his group. Thanks, everybody. Have a, have a great night.